Today I want to uh, just kind of use that as a stepping off point. It's not in your folder, but uh, turn to Matthew 2. I'll be using that in just a little bit. Matthew 2, we'll pick up there with verse 7 as just kind of a beginning point for our thoughts together today. And uh, I'm speaking to the topic of the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, I kind of like, in quotation marks, to think that this story of the wise men would be the first Christmas gifts. Probably weren't actually Christmas gifts, but we can think that in our day, can't we? So uh, turn to Matthew uh, chapter 2, down to verse 7. And as we think about the Christmas story, just a part of it, I believe that it's recorded in Scripture because there was gifts taken, as you will see in this reading. And it is also, of course, a part of our experience in our day. So look at verse 7, and we will read the following. Then Herod called the Magi, or wise men, secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that had been in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of mirth. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another way. God used the wise men who were prepared to give gifts. Many times in the Christmas season, we are prepared to give gifts, are we not? Now, I think it was later last evening, Dorothy and I drove by one of the stores in Adrian. Apparently, there was quite a few that wasn't prepared yet by the looks of the cars, but by and large, we're prepared. Also, God used a wicked king to get the wise man to the place where he wanted him. God uses circumstances to fulfill his plan and his purpose. And we'll see the flow of that in a little bit. Also, as we come into the Christmas season, we have certain things that take place. Now, on the overhead, you will see something that I found in Family Circus. And if you will look at that, it says, yep, that's the same way it turned out when Daddy read it last night. I think that's the way a lot of people feel about the Christmas story. I've heard it all before, and they're really tuned out. That little grandson let Grandma know in a hurry. I knew how that was going to end. I wonder if that doesn't maybe kill the joy of the Christmas story sometimes, because we maybe have gotten a little bit too familiar. But anyways, the Christmas story also leads on to various events in our lives, And there is another one there, if you will look at that, and it tells us a little bit about events. And uh, notice something in that particular one. I will make the necessary adjustment to read it. But uh, I've never catered a holiday party. There is a lot of stress involved. You got the word stress? Not at all. I take care of the planning and heavy lifting. All you have to do is sign the check. I thought you said there was no stress involved. Does that happen when you experience Christmas? You know, all of a sudden something comes up. Maybe it's you're going shopping or maybe it's uh, uh, just getting some gifts already. Maybe it's cooking. There's no stress for me when it comes to cooking. 
I, I just let somebody do that that does it well and any assistance that she would like to gain from others. So uh, that's no problem. There's also the writing of checks, there's traveling, there's entertaining. There's many things that can produce stress. So uh, we go on a little bit further in our thinking and realize that uh, there's one of the things that comes with Christmas that's very visible. And I think at this point you'll see a gift on that screen, will you not? And look at that gift. Now, would you actually look at that white gift with that beautiful red bowl? Would you actually tear that open? Are we that anxious to get a gift that we'd have? I think we probably would, wouldn't we? God's going to give a gift, and we're going to talk about it a little bit and how it goes through. But I want to give you a couple examples of gifts and uh, just how important they can be and how it takes place. Several years ago, I was dating a very, very nice young lady, and we were kind of struck on each other. Don't get up, Dorothy. But nonetheless, we were riding around, you know, and we'd even gone someplace and took kind of a little finger measurement. After all, we'd gone together two and a half months, and it was Valentine's Day. It was time for something special. Would you agree? She ought to get a gift. So I got this nice little box, about so wide, about so high. We're in their car, you know, and I hand it to her, and she opened it very carefully, and as she opened it, bang! Pop, not a bang. Out come a spring with a little mouse on it. Well, I'd give her a gift, didn't you? Did you ever get a gift you were disappointed in? Now, she didn't throw it. She didn't leave the car. But we went on for a while. There's no use of rushing this thing. Did you notice in Matthew they gave them gold, frankincense, and mirth? I gave her the nonsense. Then it's time for the gold. Would you agree with that? So we went on for a while. I don't remember how long. And I gave her another gift. A lot of people like to get at least two gifts, don't they? And she opened that one up. I, I remember rather gently. And she opened that, and lo and behold, there was gold on it, and it fit right on her finger. You know, I'm talking to you today about the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. And that gift, in that case, keeps on giving. It's called Mary's Maintenance. And... Uh, it's gone on for over 50 years. So I thought, pretty good investment, don't you? Don't you give gifts? Well, I didn't expect that. I do, do your math. 53 years apiece, that's 106 years. Man, that's a long haul, isn't it? That's extra. Throw that in. But uh, nonetheless, it's the way it is in life. So uh, I want you to think now for a little bit further about what God says in his word. And go down to your first point. It says God gave. God gave. And uh, I want to read with you the reference that's down there. John three sixteen and 17. And then a quick reference to Second Chronicles. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the Christ that was born and we celebrate his birth. What he gave. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. In fact, we read in the gospel that he was named Jesus because he was going to save his people from their sin. That's the gift. That's the child whose birth we celebrate at Christmas. Now, go on a little bit farther there. That's 2 Corinthians 9.15. It's a very brief sentence. It says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This gift that we call Jesus, this gift that we call the Christ, I don't think we can ever describe him. I don't think it's possible. Now, in the King James Version that reads, 
Thanks be to God for the unspeakable gift. I'm going to give you one more illustration, and it happens to come from my home and my beloved companion. I'll throw this in extra. I guess you would call this the unspeakable gift. Did you ever listen to people in your family what they want for Christmas? You even ask them, don't you? What would you like for Christmas, right? You listen to what they say. You even make suggestions. Well, Dorothy was talking about she'd like to have a rototiller. Well, that's pretty neat. That's something you get a lot of good on. You know, it says the gift that keeps on giving. So I went and I bought a rototiller without her knowledge. And I mean, I got the Cadillac. None of this cheap stuff for a wonderful person. I got the one that has a handle that comes out. It adjusts. You can go to the right. You can go to the left. You can walk under fresh dirt and you can walk beside it. After all, this gets good stuff. And we put it under the tree, all wrapped up. And Dorothy got a hold and said, man, this thing's heavy. Well, that told her she was getting something, didn't it? This thing's heavy. And she slid it out and opened it up and says, rototiller. I told Reverend Price. Boy, did he get on my case. He said, Keith. Oh, he called me Smitty. Smitty, why in the world did you give her a rototiller? That's a lot of work. I said, oh, no, Reverend Price. That's to save work. Right? Don't that sound better than a hole when you're in the garden? That's the same word. Now, that might be the unspeakable good. That's thrown in to help you to remember God gave a gift. God so loved the world that he gave a gift. We give gifts. We receive. Now, I'm going to do something this morning. I've been talking about a gift. I had a gift up here. I need somebody to come and get it. I can't give it to you. In the theme of my message, I can't take it to you. So I would like somebody to come up here. And get a gift. Now, if you notice, there's only one, so don't form a line. Just one person. Are you awake? That was me speaking. I said, I need a person to take. Oh, oh, we got a brave soul. Now, I won't embarrass you on purpose, Tom. But you come up here and lift that. See if there's anything in it. Something in it. Something in it, huh? Yeah. Just like that roller tiller. Not quite that heavy. Not quite that heavy. Yeah. Now, Tom, while you're here... You step up one step so people can see you. You turn around and use this if you want. You have to open it. I got to open it? Yeah. Don't you like to see gifts get open? Who wants to see somebody get a gift? And just, you know. So open it, Tom. Where's the handle? Well, don't worry about the paper. They'll give you new paper next year. Right. So you won't need that again. So just go ahead and open it. You, you must have done that before. I've done it several times. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. You're as bad as Cliff was up there. You just tear the box. Now, careful, don't spoil that okay, cover. Okay. Now, pull that out, that letter. Read it. Merry Christmas, and God loves you. Now, we have a friend that write, writes well. Now, isn't that written pretty nice? Is that true? Now, yeah, anything else in there, Tom? Yeah. Paper, yeah. more paper. Well, yeah. Paper. Yeah. More paper. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's a book in here. Yeah. It's called The One-Year Bible. Yeah. Now, is that a gift that keeps on living, would you say, Tom? I would say it would be. Yeah. Now, you can take this gift... You can read it, or in keeping with the message, you can give it to somebody else. Well, I That's think, perfectly all right. I think if this is a, a gift that keeps on giving, I should probably give it to somebody else. And you could do that if you want. You know why you can do that? Why? It's your you said gift. I could. No, I didn't give it to you. God gave the gift. You okay. came and got it. Do you realize, Tom, that everybody in this sanctuary could have had that gift? Yeah, but I got it. You got it, and it's yours to keep or do what you want. You follow what I'm saying, folks? Yep. God so loved the world that he gave... And anybody, anybody in all society could have got that gift. Anyone in this sanctuary could have had that gift. It's yours, Tom. Thanks. Oh, by the way, Tom, you have to take this with you. There's a piece down there, too. 
I didn't know I was going to do janitorial duty. Now, uh, do you do this kind of work at home, yeah. pick up after yourself, do. or do you give it to Char? No, I do it. Oh, that's good. That's good. You're a good guy. Thanks. Can I go give this gift away? I don't care. I'm going to give this gift away. Yeah. You can do as you want. As I said, it's your gift. Just don't give your salvation away. That's kind of to keep. <laughs> Isn't it? So, you can understand what we mean by that. You get to uh, what God gave, and it's up to you and I to receive. In fact, it says in John 1.12, God so uh, many as received him, he gave the power to become children of God. We have the privilege of receiving the gift. How does this play out? There was one person came and got this gift. It made me think of the parable of the sower. The sower goes out to sow, and he sows the seed in that time. They broadcast it. It fell on hard ground. Didn't germinate. Nothing to it. Probably made bird feed. He also throwed that seed out, and some of it fell upon the rocks. And it sprouted. You could see the green thing coming up, but the roots couldn't get down, so it died. Then he threw it among, among the thorns, and they come up. That parable says in Matthew 13, the cares of this world. And they choked out that sprout, that thing that was growing. Then he put some on good ground, good old Ogden soil. And he just put it right out there, and it took root, and it produced a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. And if it went north of Blissfield Road and Grosvenor Highwood, Highway, it might have been 150. You thought I was going to say less, didn't you, Jim? But that was the point of it. You have to receive it as Tom did. God so loved that he gave, but he says, receive, as I said from John. As many as receive. Tom took the offer that I gave, didn't he? God gives the offer, and he took it. It's his. And so it is with what God gave us in the person of Jesus Christ that we celebrate at Christmas. Now, there's another thing that takes place following that. And I would want us to go to our second point now. And notice what it says. We give. We give. Romans uh, 1 has something that uh, I gave you a reference there. And it simply says this. Paul speaks in the first person. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Isn't this why we gather to worship? Isn't this why that we go to excess prayer on Wednesday night? Isn't this why we have small groups, fellowship times, that we can be the encouragers one of another because we give ourselves to one another and the serving of one another. Also, in that reference to 2 Corinthians 5, at verse 17, if you want to slip over there and you're thinking... God, who comes and gives his son to us and we receive us, it makes us a new creature. Look at verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5 and notice what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Thomas illustrates. I know he's a believer. And I know a lot of you are, but he illustrates the point. He took the offer. It's his. You know, we become new creatures in Christ, but it doesn't stop there. It's the gift that goes on giving. See verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. First John uh, 1 John 1.17, not counting men's sin against them. 
and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who is no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's fellow workers, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. There is a time to know. There is a time to receive. We receive him. We're made new in him. And we become ministers of reconciliation. We're causing God's great gift to go on, to go on and to go on and to go on. That's our job. We get the gift. We go on and give the gift as well. And that takes us to our uh, third point. You'll see that down to bottom there where it says three. The gift is multiplied. And I want you to think with me for just a little bit on that. And we'll go now to over to Romans And there's a reference there. You have it for you. And it's Romans 5. And you pick up with verse 15 down through 17. And then I've added uh, Romans 6, 23. So if you would turn over to Romans 5. (coughs) And it talks about the gift. Romans 5, 15. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed by one sin brought condemnation. But the gift followed by many trespasses brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. If that isn't a gift that goes on giving, it even uses the phrase in there, Jesus Christ overflowed to many. So it is the Christ of Christmas. We see him, we recognize him. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in the person of his son is eternal life. That's his offer. That began when Christ was born in Bethlehem. It happened when it was completed in the crucifixion of him. I would say to you today, the Christmas story isn't complete without Easter, but I want you to think for just a bit now about how the gift may be multiplied as we're using it there. Recently, I read in Detroit News where a 45-year-old man gave part of his liver to a stranger, a 25-year-old woman. Now, that gift is going on living. She's still alive. She's alive because a man who never knew her went and gave part of his liver to be transferred over to her so she could live. Doesn't that illustrate? Jesus died. He gave himself so you and I could live. Now, I have something here I want to take a paragraph from. There's a lady from the Adrian area, Ogrebale. She's uh, 98 years old. Her daughter told me she was 98 and a half. I thought that was interesting. I thought only kids talked about the half, three quarters, and so much, you know. But here's a 90, I want you to know, she's 98 and a half. And I want to read the following, because to me it really illustrates our point of the gift that multiplies. 
She says, I've been coloring up a storm. In fact, I've gotten so fast that Judy, her daughter, had to call in reinforcements. Her friends in Texas stamped and copied a lot of work for me. I'm in coloring heaven. I color and cut them out. Then Judy turns them into cards. The Christmas cards are examples, and we also gave several hundred cards this winter to local friends in Florida to send to their children in service. Our dedicated service men and women can't run to the Walmart for birthday cards, etc., so we send them blank ones they can fill out and mail back to their families. It makes me feel good to help. Anyone here 98 years old? A 98-year-old woman thrilled, calls it coloring heaven, because she can prepare something that others can send on. You know, those hundred more cards, they're going a long ways. They're blessing a lot of people, and they sure do look nice. I treasure Olga Bales coloring that ribbon on there. You can't see it like I can here, but it's done, and it's sent on. You know, when we receive Christ, we celebrate his birth, We know the resurrection story. It's up to you and I to let the gift be multiplied, to let it go on. This really hit me. I was preparing this a little over a week ago, and I thought, Keith, you stand up publicly and offer God's son. You do it in small group. What have you done one-on-one? You and I would say to their children, would you like this? Don't you ever try talking your children in to give them a gift because you think that's what they need? Did you ever do that? Why not? You know, if I get this for Christmas, you'd really enjoy this. You've done it. I'm sure you have. We might even do it with grandchildren. And it really hit me when I was thinking on this about 10, 12 days ago. Keith, who have you ever talked to personally and said, God gave a gift. I recommend it. I recommend it. Boy, that come home, Joe. That hit me. God gave a gift. We share it with our children. Can't we share God's gift? Think about that as we think of the gift that multiplies. Now, I want to use one verse out of the third verse out of Old Little Town of Bethlehem. Don't get worried. I'm not going to sing. But uh, I want to share this verse with you because it summarizes so well God's gift in our receiving it. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. That's what it's about, isn't it? He went to Bethlehem, he went to Calvary, and he comes to you and I when he comes into our life. You know, along with that, there's something that comes out of it. There's something very meaningful that comes out of it because he went to Calvary, and we know the story. Because he lives. Now, I want to share this with you. How sweet to hold a newborn baby. I've got to pause there for just a second before I read the verse. Because three days ago, I held a newborn baby. Seven, uh, seven pounds and 14 ounces, unless he was shrinking. And I want you to catch this. I am his great-grandfather. I've always tried to be a great-grandfather. To, I mean, even my grandchildren. But I'm holding this nice little baby. How sweet to hold a newborn baby. So I got him in my arms, and I'm holding him, and he's just so nice. So I turned to his dad, my grandson. I said, Josh, did you tell him yet how he's going to get shots? How he's going to fall down and scrape himself? Have you told him that part yet? And Josh says, no. His mother lay in the bed and says, he's already got one shot. 
The poor kid's a pincushion. He wasn't even 24 years old. Is that right? You treat your kids like that too? No. I think when Jesus went into Bethlehem, it wasn't all that simple. That's extra. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. But get this. But greater still, the calm assurance. This child can face on certain days because he, Jesus, lives. Then one day I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory. And I'll know he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Jesus was born to die so that you and I could live. Is he yours? Have you taken a step like Tom did to receive the gift he offered? I trust you have. So it is, God gave, we give. Let the gift be multiplied. Would you join me in a spirit of prayer? Father, I thank you this morning that we can celebrate not just the Christ's birth, but the Savior's birth. We can celebrate because, Lord, you saw the need and you gave him. You made it possible for we to receive him, to become children of God by faith. And Lord, Christmas is so much richer when we recognize its real purpose in the Son of God, born in Bethlehem, faced victor of Calvary. Thank you, Lord, that you are ours today. And if you're not ours, by faith we would confess with our mouth, we would believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and we would be saved. Your word so promises, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.